Welcome to celebration service. We've already done one semi-baptism before the service got started. It was awesome. Let's stand and worship together.
Amen. Turn to somebody next to you and say, I'm glad that you're here this evening. life-changing day, right? Because people are saying, I believe in Jesus, especially young people. That's the hope of our future. You know that, right? Hey, Asher, the Harrison boys. Yeah. <laughs> so at this time, we normally do our baby dedications, but uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and do those little testaments. Somebody stand up and give God praise for something in your life real quick. There's Chris. in his cute little bare feet. You don't get to see that very often. <laughs> I kind of like the look. I don't know. I see that. I see it all the time, though, right? <laughs> all right, somebody else right over here in this section. Stand up and give God praise for something. Or I'll call on somebody. Okay, good. Um, I'm very thankful for uh, John Thomas, who's become a uh, a mentor in my life, and um, I really appreciate the, the walk we've done together in our discipleship class. That's awesome. Everybody needs a mentor. Thank you, John. Thank you. All right, somebody in that section. All right, go ahead. My name is Mason, and I go to Christian Co-op, and I would like to thank God for the co-op. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, we got this section over here. Somebody stand up and give God praise. You go, Matt. Yeah, so uh, I'm thankful, obviously, to have my family here. And I'm, you know, just blown away to have all three of my boys here ready to take the plunge. And I'm going to say one more thing. I'm thankful that when I came in today, and I'm promoting men's advance now, but it was my first time going, and I'm just here to say, I got to shake about uh, six more guys' hands that I never knew before that I came in here and are like my brothers now. So it's good to see them here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, everybody, give God a hand. We're going to do our baptisms now. Let me say right before we go, it's, isn't she beautiful? Uh, right before we go, what we'll want you to do, they're going to read their testimonies, and when they go in and are baptized, we'd love for you guys just to kind of gather around the pool, and uh, when they come up out of the water, just cheer them on, okay? Go ahead, this beautiful. Is beautiful Madison, and she's going to be sprinkled tonight. It's going to be pretty cool and exciting, so she's going to lead the way for us. God gave me a nice mom and dad. Thank you, Jesus. 
Sawyer, and I want to thank God for giving me my beautiful life. I want to be baptized because I want to be closer to God. I know God can help me with my decisions when I let him into my heart. My favorite part of the Bible is when God's people yelled and knocked down the walls of Jericho. That showed me that if you trust in God with your decisions, he will help you. That's what the dude in, the, in charge did. Being baptized by being baptized makes me feel happy and strong. Me again. Uh, This is my son Rowan. He wanted me to read his, but and as you can tell, these are all their words. So. He says, I want to be baptized because I want to feel close to God no matter what I do. Like when I go to school or play baseball, because I know he's with me. I know God will be there even when I have hard times. Like when my class gets in trouble and I didn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) I I can hear him say it's okay, things will be okay. And this is my other son, (laughs) Asher. Um, we almost need another piece of paper, but so bear with me here. Okay, I wanted to be baptized because I trust in God no matter what. I like reading the Bible at night because it helps me feel close to God. My favorite part of the Bible is when Jesus came to earth because people were making bad choices and he showed them how to make good choices. God helps me when I pray, like at night when I'm scared and go to sleep. He helps me fall asleep. I also pray for other people, like at Run Club. I pray for the kids to run good. There's one more thing I like about God. He died on a cross for me. Oh, cool. We got two more. We got Abram. church with my family a couple years ago and I really enjoyed it. This summer I went to the church camp and accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my for our sins so that we can have eternal life with God in heaven.
Ho, ho, yeah, we come alive in the river, don't we? Hey, is the celebration service great? What a great time already. That was amazing. Love that. All right, so we did our little testimonies. Anybody else have one that's just burning on your heart and you need to stand up and give God praise? Good, Rini, go for it. Yes. Led them to Jesus. And now the children will lead us. Anyone else? Thank you, Rini. retreat and the title was reset and um, so it's just going back before the Lord and, and getting things right um, with him and giving him my heart on some heart's desires that I had and having some issues with some friends who I feel were not giving me godly advice and just seeking him with all my heart on some of the things that I'm asking the Lord for um, I got engaged earlier this year and um, so with him being overseas and some of the um, Communication of an issue, but to see the Lord in the way that he worked yesterday and four people coming to the Lord, I was just honored to witness that. Thank you. Is that Andrea? Hey, hey Andrea. <laughs> I just, um, just want to say that I'm very thankful for my husband. On October 3rd, we'll be married 31 years. Oh. And I just feel so... And he's a Steeler fan, but it's okay. <laughs> but I just feel so blessed to, you know, we just traveled to Spain and to see our son and daughter-in-law, and I just feel so blessed that God has blessed us with 31 years and four kids and three in-laws and a girlfriend, and I just, I'm waiting for grandkids, so if anyone wants to loan them to me, but anyway, I just love God to just thank him for all that he's done in my life. Wow. It proves there is a God, right? When you can be married 30, 31 years. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyone else? Anyone else? That's good. Yes, Kelly. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I saw something the other week and what I shared with you. It's just been something that's been weighing heavy on me and I want to share it with all of you. For those of you who may be struggling with waiting on God. I went to visit my folks. They're getting older. Um, my mom's had both shoulders replaced and um, they have a friend, uh, a husband and wife. He's 93 years old. He was here as a World War II veteran and, um, and his wife, he, he wants to give me a bunch of books. And so we were at the house and, and looking through his books and my mom came walking in with an armload of books. And as she was standing there, her left arm fell out of socket. And she started screaming and yelling, and it was super painful. And so I was kind of stuck, not sure what to do. I know how to get an arm back in socket, but seeing her struggle and cry like that, it was really hard to deal with, you know? I wasn't sure what to do for her. So immediately, John is his name, 93-year-old. Um, he, he tells his wife, bring her over here and sit in the chair. And he tells his wife to, to touch her arm like this, if you don't mind. He's got his hand on, on She's got his hand on her hurt arm, and then he reaches over on the other side, and he begins calling on the name of Jesus to heal my mom. And, and I'm, I'm, I say this as just purely as I can. I'm standing looking right at her, her shoulder's down. He's praying over her, and I watch her shoulder pop back in the socket. 
right in front of me, and and he said, "Mary, do you, how are you?" And she said, "I have no more pain. I, I don't. I feel no more pain. Everything's fine." And I watched Jesus heal my mom right then. And you know, I've been doing this a while, and I've seen a lot of things, but nothing astounds me more than watching God work. And and I and we see Him working all around us, but to see something like that was almost like Him saying. You know, I'm still in the miracle business too, you know. And it was incredible. So I just praise God for that. It was unbelievable. Thanks, Kelly. You know, it's really neat. When Jesus went and, and the woman saw him at the well and they had this conversation and she couldn't believe that Jesus, a Jew, was talking to her, a Samaritan. And uh, he said he, he just, he was so wonderful and so beautiful with her. And she went back to the village and she said, hey, everybody, she was an evangelist. She said, I just was with Jesus. And I saw that in Kelly uh, this weekend when he was telling me that he could not contain his excitement of what God had done right before his eyes. And uh, Kelly's a really uh, outgoing guy, but this was something really special. And so I thank, I thank you, Kelly, for sharing that, being so excited because of what Jesus does and he still is doing those kinds of things. Anybody else have want to give him a word of praise? Good. All right. You don't want to do that. God is still there. He's showing me himself. And through it all, I wanted to say these last couple of weeks, my father, who's in San Antonio, Texas, has been reaching out more and more, supplying some things that should have been supplied by the man that I married. But my father stepped into the place because he has not been a father to me in many, many years. And I just thank God that God showed me that how much he really loves me and he's never gonna quit on me no matter what. And I thank God for this church because I couldn't make it without you all. Thank God for you. She stands there and she hands out programs as people come in. And this morning I got probably the biggest hug that I've ever gotten. Just because, no reason except just because. So thank you so much for your service in that as well. Anyone else? So exciting to hear this. I always say when you testify, when you give God praise with your, with your words and with your voice, you give the devil a black eye. Yeah! <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you can count on Tess to uh, get a little energy in here, right? <laughs> Anyone else? Going once, going twice. We're going to get our missions team up here. If your heart's pounding, is anyone's heart's pounding thinking, oh, good, they're closing it off? <laughs> Cherish. Oh, you were standing up. Do you have a testimony? Okay, all right. All right. We had a missions team go to Quito, Ecuador. And uh, years and years and years ago, I went with Focus on the Family, Brio Magazine, to Quito, Ecuador. We chartered two uh, airline uh, airplanes, and we took about a thousand people, a uh, thousand teens. And uh, it was for Focus on the Family, Brio Magazine, down to Quito, Ecuador. And uh, when we went down there, uh, I went down twice, and I took Buddy with me one time. He went. Once. And he, once. Twice. twice? You went twice? Well, you went then with Salem Fields. No, you took twice. Oh, I did? 
I didn't remember that first time. <laughs> this, is a, this is after 43 years. <laughs> and I asked him when he went out, I said, just be watching for places that maybe Salem Fields can move into and do some, some work in Quito, Ecuador. And I am so honored that all these years later, that Salem Fields has moved into Quito, Ecuador and doing some work there. So missions team, uh, come on up and there you are. We're missing one, right? And Kelly, you start us off. What a privilege to be able to go represent Salem Fields in Ecuador. Um, we, we prepared ourselves for several weeks going. We got to know each other even better. You would think we know each other really well, but honestly, we've gotten to know each other quite better uh, after going on the trip, and, and um, Arianne's not here tonight. I know she's got a kid she's taking care of, so, but we had a blast. But we, we believed in going, that we were going for each one of you um, here at Salem Fields. We wanted to represent you and God the best we could and bring back the, the truth of hope that we found and share it with you. So we're really honored to do that tonight. I just want to tell a quick story, and then I'll pass it on. Um, one of the things that I knew going to Ecuador, first off, I thought it was going to be really hot. I did no research whatsoever. And when I got there, it was uh, like 50,000 feet in the air. Um, there's no air to breathe anywhere. I don't know how they even do it. But, um, but it was 40 degrees in the morning when we woke up and it got all the way up to 70. So it was, it, that was a score for me. I was super stoked. So um, I knew going, I was going to fall in love with the kids that we were serving. I mean, you can't help but look into their faces and their eyes. And, you're playing with them, talking to them, and even if you don't speak Spanish, it just didn't matter. You know what I mean? We spoke through chalk and, and doing things together, but it's like you want to grab them and take them home, you know, because you think, man, what, what, could, what could we do if we brought them back here and we, we did those things? Well, um, there's a district superintendent in Ecuador. His name is Mario. He's one of the, the very first local district superintendent, so he was born and raised there and, and was raised from there, and his story is quite interesting. His dad was a, um, a raging alcoholic. His mom left the family. He was beaten most of his life. And one day, somebody wanted to, to adopt Mario and take him out of that, but the missionaries wouldn't let that happen. What they, what they did was they went and planted a church in Mario's neighborhood, and Mario's dad got saved. And after Mario's dad got saved, everything changed for Mario and his family. Their family reconciled. They got back together. His entire family was saved. Mario has now planted churches, I think over 50 churches in Ecuador, and he has um, partnered with Compassion International. They're serving 8,000 kids um, every single month in Ecuador because instead of taking a child out of the situation, they brought Jesus to the situation. Right. And, it, and it was incredible. So what, what I learned in Ecuador that I want to share with you is we've got a whole lot of Mario's in our neighborhoods around us. And I, they're doing the work of God in Ecuador. God is being proclaimed, lives are being changed, churches are being built, things are happening like you wouldn't believe. It's incredible to see that happening. And I came back with a new set of eyes to see all around us here. We've got people who need our help, who need the hope of Jesus right here. And so I'm thankful for my trip to Ecuador because it opened my eyes for my brothers and sisters in Salem Fields and the neighborhoods and my neighbors. And so if I could just encourage you in that, man, that's, there's a mission field right here, but I'd still like you to go check out Ecuador and Guatemala and the other places. So please do that. Terry. Okay, I don't 
don't do this well. <laughs> but if I could encourage anyone here, because I step out of my comfort zone to even be right here, to think that I'm going to get on a plane and go to Ecuador and spend two days getting there, two days coming back, you know, this is not easy. But I did it, and I encourage everyone to please step out of your comfort zone. Even if you don't think you can do it, you can. You can, because when you get there and you see the look on that child's face and he's staring back at you, you will know that you are there for that reason only. He is there for you. He was waiting on you to come. Um, my name is Kimberly, and one of the things that um, has set in my mind is the number of children that we were serving each day the numbers grew. They didn't decrease. They continued to um, invite their friends. And also we had 40 children that were saved while we were there in the two separate churches that we were serving. And the first church that we served in the morning, those um, parishioners actually hand built that church. They didn't want to wait. They just started building. And so it was still, um, in the like phases of um, development, but they had classrooms, they had a kitchen, they had a church, and the children's faces were so happy. And they were so grateful, no matter what we were doing. And I don't really speak Spanish, I know like little bits of words, but I know enough to get in trouble. And then I know enough of other languages because we used to live overseas, so I threw that in as well. And then I threw in some of the language from my grandparents and it was still fine because we all spoke about Jesus. And um, it was such a blessing um, to also see the children travel from miles and up from the hills. I mean, we were at 15,000 feet and they were walking miles just to get to the church every day and bringing their friends. And that just touched my heart as we were able to um, service them. And then also we had a workout every day. We did the multiple songs um, that have, um, if you work in children's ministry, to, we're not singing a frog song. <laughs> um, so um, those of you who don't work out, Go on a missions trip because then it will be a workout on your heart as well as your body. Yeah, <laughs> you get really strong because you end up carrying like 12 kids around with you all the time. But that was the cool part. Over 40 kids accepted Christ for the very first time. Um, there was a church that had never had a vacation Bible school or a children's ministry. And anywhere in the neighborhood, it was the first time these kids had experienced anything about Jesus. Totally incredible. And we left there not only with them uh, finding Christ, but also with the pastor starting a children's program and working with another pastor to get a children's program going because he saw how important it was to serve the kids. So, man, God is alive and well in Ecuador and right here at Salem Fields. Thank you for letting us go. All right, I encourage you to go on a missions trip. We've got one more thing before we enter into our time of sharing together in communion. And that is we have a, a basic Bible study, a mentor, a one-on-one -on -one mentor uh, program here. 
and uh, we've got mentors that are willing to work with people and just do a basic Bible study. It's, it's a simple fill in the blanks and then get together and talk about what the Word says. Buddy and I did this when we first got into the church. Um, we, what's going on back there? <laughs> just kidding. We, we had someone come to our house and uh, we had just gone back to church. We kind of were party animals and we said, you know what, we need Jesus. And uh, we got into a church. We both uh, gave our lives to the Lord. And a man came to our house, and we went through this basic Bible study together. And it solidified our relationship with the Lord. It was so, so very important. So if you've never gone through that, I would encourage you to do that. We've got some mentors. It's just one-on-one. -on -one. You develop your schedule between the two of you. And uh, it's eight weeks. That's all there is. And uh, it's really, really powerful. So if the mentors would come on up here, they've got some certificates to give for the mentees, the people that they have done the, the uh, discipleship program with. And I'm just going to let you guys introduce your person and give them their certificate. Okay, so uh, my name's John Thomas. Um, I had a, hey brother, how's it going, man? I had a, an awesome pleasure to um, disciple a brother of mine. Um, I'm in a small group, a men's group. Actually, it's no seats left, so it's not that small anymore. But um, it's, a, it's an awesome group. And one of my brothers, Mark, discipled me. And um, <clears throat> I left the stage that day. And before I could walk out of the auditorium, one of my brothers in my men's group said, hey, uh, can you disciple me? And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I was um, humbled by that. So um, I want to invite Tony to come up here. Um, Tony, uh, <laughs> this was as much for me as it was for Tony. Um, Tony and I have become much closer through this. And that is a big part of being, uh, you know, in the discipleship program. You get very close. You uh, talk a lot about the Lord and about, you know, everyday things. It was a little bit longer than eight weeks because Tony's always busy on the road. Um, but I, I thought we were having, for some reason, I thought our, uh, our um, celebrate service was last week. And the week before that, we still had two more of these to go. And I'm like, we need to do this before celebration service. So, so we did two of them in one night, which was awesome. I mean, actually got more out of it because it was two right on top. So, Tony, this is yours. Thank you, brother, for being Hey, all done? Uh, I'm Mark Hare, and I got the joy to do this study. I said I would say that tonight with my wife. It was very, I should say, awkward. yes. <laughs> it was really awkward. I don't. I, okay, so for me, I think it was because I had you were teaching me. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like it was. No, but we got through that, and it was good. We really needed it, actually. And 
honestly, to tell you the truth, I think God opened my eyes to see you and um, how far you've come. Like, I've watched you over the nine years. And you know how, like, when you you see family that you haven't seen in a while, and they're like, oh, my gosh, your kids are so grown. And you're like, yeah, they grew. But you don't really get this. You don't see it like they do. Well, I guess I wasn't seeing it like that. So um, I just see your dedication and your faithfulness. And you fall down and you get back up. And you're just... You're our leader in our home, and I love you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'd like to de uh, hand you this now. You got me all nervous. Thank you, honey. That was nice. Hi, my name is Chris Barham, and Melissa, come on down. Melissa and I had the pleasure of squeezing eight weeks of mentorship into about a year. Um, <laughs> she's in my small group that I do on Wednesday mornings at 10 o'clock, ladies. Um, anybody interested? We're starting up again here in a couple of weeks. But uh, Melissa just has shown such a thirst for the knowledge of the Lord and has always brought just awesome, amazing questions that go far deeper than that first eight-week mentorship program really goes, but it was such a blessing to be able to um, walk alongside of her and listen to her awesome insights and, and ask these amazing spiritual questions. So thank you, Melissa, for a terrific experience. Thank you. I had the pleasure of doing two ladies. So the first lady is Sandy Dotson. Um, I met her about a year and a half ago. Um, she went to women's retreat for the first time in Virginia Beach, um, and she didn't know any of us, and we got super close over the weekend, and so um, I asked her if she was interested in discipleship, so it was summertime, so it took us a little longer as well, um, but I've seen her grow in the last year and a half, and it's been awesome, and our friendship is amazing. And the second one is Evelyn Jackson and she serves with me on the welcome team. She's in our small group, um, and as everybody else, we took longer than eight weeks too, but um, our relationship has grown, and it's been awesome to see her grow in her relationship with God as well. Hello, I'm Mark. Uh, come on up here, Mr. Joe, Joe Jackson. <laughs> if you ever want a big hug, this is a guy. He loves to give out big hugs. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, I started working with Joe a while back uh, and crazy schedules bouncing back and forth. But really and truthfully, uh, I learned just as much as he did. I mean, it was awesome to be able to walk along beside of him and even just the relationship between him and I, he serves on our welcome team as well. Him and his wife both do a wonderful job. And Joe, it was awesome to get together with you and just grow and to see you grow and how the Lord is just working through your life. This guy's getting ready to leave this come week uh, to go on the other missions trip here that we're, uh, the missions team's leaving out. Uh, so it's just awesome to see what the Lord's doing in his life and in his family. So with that being said, Here's your certificate. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, that was good. We got one other mission team real quickly uh, I want to talk about. We went to, uh, we had a mission team, went to uh, down east uh, in North Carolina uh, to do some hurricane relief work. It was a, it was a very interesting trip, and uh, I think they might all be here but one. Billy, where are you at, Billy? Are you here? Billy, right here's Billy. He was the skilled guy. <laughs> and then there's Anthony back in the, Anthony, can they see you? Yeah. Anthony was the muscle guy, <laughs> and, uh, and then we have Howard, and uh, Howard and I were the um, laborers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we also had Christian, my grandson, that went along, and he was one of the laborers as well, and uh, we had a great, great experience, but I'll tell you what, uh, the people down east have been forgotten. You know, we, uh, this hurricane blew in on them, and it really devastated. Down east is Harker's Island, Davis, down in the, like, the North Carolina swampland almost. And that most of those people are elderly people, and uh, they, don't, they haven't gotten much help. I didn't see much help at all. We've, we joined other, uh, about a dozen others across the, uh, Virginia, and uh, we worked our little tails off for a few days. Uh, I realized how old I am and how out of shape I am. <laughs> I am, but it was a thrill to be there. But, you know, I, I, Gay said to me one day, she said, are you, are you taking pictures? Well, I'm not very good at taking pictures, but there was one picture that was taken and sent to me. I think this tells you the whole story, and it's going to be up here in just a minute if it made it to, yes. Um, this guy's in church, and he's devastated. His name is Louie. But he came out of that church service, and i got to tell you, he was a breath of fresh air. He was from, he was the nicest, godliest man I've ever met in my life. And he said he'd lived there for 47 years. And uh, he said that the storm was devastating. He said he's been there through many, many storms, but this is the worst. He said if that storm would have come in at Category 4, they would have been wiped out. Because Category 1 just about wiped them out. It just stayed over top of them and swirled around that island, around that uh, down east. It blew their windows out. They had three or four foot of water in their house. And uh, the house across the street that we worked on was condemned. And uh, you know what? I just put that picture up there so y'all remember Louie and his wife, Susie. They were a delight to be with. Uh, we loved it. We sat on the front porch and talked with them. We carried all the furniture out. We tore their floors out, their walls. And it was just a great experience. But they got a long ways to go. And uh, I was just thinking, if you guys have some extra cash uh, that you'd like to put in the offering, or you can go out and do the credit card machine. It'd be really cool. I'll find their address. I just think it'd be really cool to send them a little Chet Love offering just to tell them that we're with them. And because they got a long road ahead. Uh, and they're not sure their insurance will pay, uh, what they'll pay or whatever. But they had the greatest spirit in the world. So when you get that picture, isn't that a great picture? I mean, the guy took that. It's just an awesome picture. And he's an awesome man. His wife, he's, his son just committed suicide six months ago. He's a military veteran. So they've lost a lot. So if you could keep Louie in your prayers, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Amen. And his wife, Susan. We're sharing the Lord's Supper together. And uh, Gracie's going to sing a song that I think we can all relate to. You remember that song, Jesus Loves Me? Let's stand together. This is pretty special. You may not know the song, but you can enter into worship just by reading the words or allowing the Lord to speak to your heart. And uh, we'll continue to worship in this way.
thank you so much for yours, your love. What a simple, simple thank you. Jesus loves me, this I know. So Father, we thank you for how you have met with us here tonight. We've seen it in the youngest child. We've seen it through the testimonies, reaching out into the whole world, sending teams, helping. But Father, we thank you so much for your presence here with us now. And I pray, Lord, that each person here will know you in a special way, in a personal relationship and receive our salvation. Thank you for dying for us on that cross, Lord. So all that we do and all that we say is to glorify you. And Father, as we enter into this time together, I just pray that we will reverently bow before you, humbly thanking you for all that you've done in our lives. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. loves us. Sometimes as adults, we forget that little song. I learned that song and I didn't even go to church. I went to Bible school and I learned that song in Bible school and I've never forgotten it. And even today, it's a great reminder. Thank you, Gracie, that Jesus loves me. You know, I just said a moment ago that Louis's son uh, committed suicide like nine months ago. It was six weeks ago that it actually happened. So if we could keep them in prayer again. You know, it was in Norway, there's a small town called the Church of the Lamb. Instead of having a cross on, the, on its steeple, it has a figure of a lamb. And the people of that village love to tell why that lamb was placed on the top of their church. One day, the story goes, as work was being completed on the building, the brand new building, a young man lost his footing and he slipped off the, the uh, steeple. And at the precise moment that he was falling on the ground, a flock of sheep was passing by and the workman fell right on top of a little lamb. And the man's life was saved as the lamb was crushed to death. Today, when the townspeople see that lamb on top of the steeple, they remember how its life uh, was sacrificed uh, to save the life of that construction worker. But more importantly, they are reminded of Jesus, the Lamb of God, who willingly, not accidentally, laid down his life because he loves us. And when he laid down his life, he saved uh, to save all people. This evening, though, we uh, don't have a lamb on our church steeple. Matter of fact, we don't have a church steeple. We do have the elements of communion on these three tables uh, that you see. The bread and the juice are here to help us remember that Jesus loves us. Here to remember the atoning, redeeming, saving work of the Lamb of God on the cross of Calvary. And all, uh, after all, one of the primary reasons we eat the bread and to drink the juice of Holy Communion is to remember that Jesus loves us. Luke 22, 14 through 19 says, When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks, and he said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. He took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. True remembering uh, really gets us unstuck, and it can rekindle our love for Jesus 
and his great sacrifice for us. So just real quickly, I'm going to take uh, just a, a minute for us to remember. I want us to start tonight. Would you have, could just uh, take, think in your mind for a moment. Think, uh, I want you to remember the past. Just think back uh, to your life before Jesus. Now I could spend an hour telling you about my life before Jesus. It's not a pretty picture. But think about how you were living before Christ, how your life. And then I want you to remember the day that you invited Jesus Christ into your life. Anybody remember that day? The day you invited Jesus Christ into your life? I can remember that day just like it was yesterday. Now I want you to examine our lives and what's happening today. I want you to remember the life in the days following your salvation. Do you remember that? Remember the day after you were saved, the week after you were saved, the month after you were saved, and how on fire we were for Jesus, and how we were willing just to tell everybody. I mean, I can remember telling just everybody about Jesus. We actually had an insurance man come to our house, and he left mad at me because I was so arrogantly talking to him about Jesus. Now I want us to examine our lives and what's happening today. Paul said in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight, a man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup. And this is why we need to take a moment to prepare ourselves for communion, communion through a healthy introspection. Just take a moment, examine your life. Where are you today? You still have that same fire for Jesus Christ that you had that day after you gave your life to him, uh, is there any sin in your life that you know, that you just know that God would want you to rid that in your life and you've been kind of unwilling to confess that? Maybe tonight would be a time of reflection where you just say, God, forgive me. You know, Lord, I know this is something that's not pleasing to you. I know this is something that's not good for my life, my spiritual life, for my life, for my family. And then I'll ask you, do you have any differences with anybody here tonight? Are you mad at someone? Are you holding a grudge? You know, if somebody ticked you off and you've just been unwilling to reconcile, tonight I want to encourage you, as you share before you go to the table, there may be somebody in this room that you need to just take a moment and go and ask them for forgiveness, to make things right with them and to get over those petty things that can destroy you, can destroy your spiritual life, your family, it eats into the church. Do you still have that sincere appreciation for Christ and his death on the cross? When you come to the table in just a moment to drink the juice and eat the bread of Holy Communion, be reminded of God's tremendous love for you. I hope that song really rekindled. It rekindled something in my heart tonight. You know, it might be because my granddaughter was singing it, but it was more because of what the Word said. Be reminded of God's tremendous love for you. When you eat the, uh, the bread and drink the juice, remember the Lamb who died on the cross so that you may live. You were in a free fall. We were in a free fall toward hell. But we landed on the Lamb. And the Lamb saved our life for eternity. He died to say, I love you. You matter to me. I'm not mad at you. I'm crazy about you. Remember the lamb is with you.
to forgive, to heal, to strengthen, to restore. Remember the Lamb of God. So everyone here tonight is invited to the table. We have three tables, one on each side, one in the middle. Is there one in the middle, right? Yeah. And uh, you're invited. You don't have to be a member of the church. All you have to know and do or believe in your heart is have a sincere appreciation for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. And you might say, well, I'm not worthy to take communion. Well, neither am I. None of us are worthy. That's why Christ had to die for us, so that we, he made us worthy. And maybe you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You don't maybe know what I'm talking about. I'm here to tell you that Jesus died for you. He died for me. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I probably got three or four different translations in there, so forgive me. But it says, whoever believes in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. In short, Jesus is saying, put your hope in me. Put your trust in me. Invite me into your life, and you will have eternal life. And so if that's you tonight, and you've never received Christ, maybe before you get up out of the seat tonight, and walk out the door without taking communion, maybe tonight you can do that in your heart. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you tonight for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you, Lord, that the Lamb of God took our fall. Lord, Lord you broke our fall and you saved our life. You saved us from death and destruction. And God, you gave us a second chance to live life and to live a life abundantly. And Lord, we thank you that you still love us. You still love us in spite of us, Lord. And I pray tonight, if there be anyone in this room tonight that does not know Jesus Christ, that tonight before they leave, they will acknowledge you. They will acknowledge you tonight and repent of their sins and invite you into their life. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took, the, he took some bread, he gave thanks to God for it, and then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, a commitment, agreement confirmed with my blood. And Jesus said, do this to do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So Father, thank you that Jesus still loves us. Lord, thank you that you took the fall for us and saved us. And Lord, I just thank you for those tonight who maybe for the first time acknowledged you and repented and asked you to forgive them of their sins and invited you into their life. So God, now we're going to celebrate. God, now we're going to enjoy. Now we're going to remember all that you did for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you still love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take some time to reflect. There's three tables. You can go and, and the guys and the girls there at the table will serve you. God bless you.
God exists because he's shown up in our lives, right? He's shown up here tonight. We can't deny it. This was not conjured up. It's the Spirit of the Lord. And I'm very, very honored to be in his presence and in your presence and to have witnessed what I've witnessed tonight. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for that simple love, but we thank you for what you did for us on the cross. We've shared in you, Lord, and we remember you for what you've done. I thank you, Lord, for the, from the youngest to the oldest here tonight, God, it doesn't matter. You love us all the same. And so, Father, as we leave this place, I pray that this will just stay on our hearts, that it won't be just another night of a good time, but we'll remember this all week long because we've, we've seen husbands and wives and children and, oh my goodness, Lord, you have just really shown up. And so we give you all the glory. We lift you up. You promise that if we lift up Jesus, that people will be drawn to you and your word is true. Thank you for the beautiful, sweet, sweet presence here right now, Lord. We never feel unity more than we sense it through you like this right here, right now. Thank you for that, Father. It's hard to leave this sweet spirit, but we have to go out into the world and take Jesus with us. So we ask you that you'll strengthen us, be with us, shine on us throughout this week that we may be a witness and a hope to someone else's life that desperately needs to know the truth and know you. Thank you for honoring us, Lord. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. It is kind of hard to leave this, isn't it? It is. It's beautiful. Well, Buddy said there's going to be some buckets right there. You see Jessica, faithful Jessica. And if you could give and share with um, the family that Buddy showed you, um, they sure could use it. If not, that's totally okay too, but they're going to have buckets back there. Thank you so much, everybody. Take Jesus out into the world this week, okay? We love you. We'll see you next time.